0: The Miami Dolphins have one joint practice with the Houston Texans in the books, and one more coming today. We're talking about what happened yesterday and hearing from quarterback Tua Tonga-Valoa, Teron Armstead, and more here today on this episode of Locked On Dolphins.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day because it is your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino, and we had joint practice with the Texans yesterday and uh, had a chance to see, courtesy of some uh, frisky Texans fans, a good bit of the practice uh, through mediums that I will not uh, be publicizing uh, for the sake of the uh, NFL's uh, attempt to maintain integrity of not putting practices on film and all that kind of stuff. But uh, if, if you go look for it, there's a number of different places you can find parts of practice. So I had a chance to observe uh, a number of the sessions of practice. So I have some observations from player performances throughout the course of the week. Obviously everybody was talking about interceptions at the end of practice, a pick six by Jalen Petrie against Tua Tagovailoa in a uh, simulated two minute offense situation. Uh, to end practice, a very bitter note to end practice on, uh, for sure, for the Dolphins' offense. But uh, I, I think you can look at uh, the entire performance of this team yesterday and the joint practices with the Texans, and there's a lot of good to take away from that. There's a, a harsh learning lesson in there for Tua Tonga Valoa, oh, and there's two. You know, there they were two regrettable throws that he made throughout the course of practice, and I'm not going to get upset about plays on August 16th in the preseason and join practices. Um, if it becomes something that happens in real game situations, then yeah, the kinds of mistakes like the one that Tua made at the end of, of practice. And he said himself in the post-practice media availability uh, that he would like to have that one back that throw to Jalen Petrie. Um, especially because it was, I think, first, first down in the red zone in a two-minute offense situation where they needed points uh, in a simulated game situation. Those kinds of plays are the ones that, in a performance like what the Dolphins put on the field yesterday, and if I'm going to keep the same energy from last week, then the 11-on-11 11 11 periods is about, what, 20 minutes worth of a 60-minute football game. Those are the kinds of decisions to throw late on double slants with a safety over the top that you tried to move your eyes. As he explained, it tried kind of tried to move a defender, and it didn't work out. It was really the only place he could go with the ball. Said he should have thrown it away. That's the kind of decision in an actual regular season football game that will take a game in which you had comfortable control of and puts the end result of the game in, in question. So, doing those now okay, I'm not going to get too upset. You tried to, to push one in there late on a slant against a, a squatting safety who I think Jalen Petrie is going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player in the next couple of years uh, if he's not already going to be this year. He was excellent as a rookie for the Texans last year. That's not a guy you can make that mistake against. Well, first and ten, throw it away, right? Um, but the overall performance of the team there were some standouts uh, to a tongue of a low, particularly in the red zone periods uh put a number of really really well placed footballs One to raheem mostert for a touchdown one to river Craycraft for a touchdown he had Tyreek hill for a touchdown I mean, they they must have had four or five touchdowns in the with the first team offense in a red zone period in the red zone periods so to look at the last play because it's the last play in the recency of that um, I, I think kind of takes away from the big picture. You want to bounce back from that? Yes. Uh, but I would say if I had to uh, assess how the Dolphins performed against Houston versus how they performed against Atlanta, uh, it was a much better first day. Uh, I think it was much more in line with what this Dolphins p- team and potential is. Now you look at um, a handful of throws and in a game situation, yes, that that's the kind of thing that can take a game that you largely control but we'll throw the result out of loop. So here's to us not having to revisit this conversation because of an actual two-minute offense situation uh, in the regular season for where picks count. And it's been really interesting to see kind of across the league um, kind of the storylines of, of turnovers in preseason. And I know the San Francisco beat is counting. Brock Purdy has 10 interceptions in 12 practices. And former quarterback Ryan Leaf uh, came out and said, "Man, I wish they counted my my practice interceptions because I hardly ever threw any. I just threw them in the game." And we know how that story obviously ended for Ryan Leaf. So, um, there's some comments that I think were made throughout the course of the media availability between Teron Armstead and Tua Tagovailoa that I think paint a really good picture of. Uh, where this team is at right now in their install, in kind of formulating their plan for the season offensively, and we can dive into that a little bit. But uh, defensively, uh, Tank Dell, the wide receiver from Houston, uh, scored two touchdowns in the red zone period against Miami, one of them was on an extended, extended play scramble drill. So um, I'm not sure that one would have had time to hit in a regular game setting. The other one, he, he did win his route cleanly. Mike McDaniel talked about how the Dolphins are uh, kind of in injury maintenance mode, making sure things that are bumps and bruises don't become bigger issues. And um, Cam Smith was in a red jersey yesterday. Cater Kohu uh, made some cameo appearances. He's dealing with whatever light injury he's dealing with as well. Uh, but those are the kinds of ones that, that you protect players now, and we addressed that yesterday so that they don't have it lingering into the season, and then it's a three-month problem where if you just would have taken two weeks, it it takes care of itself. So it largely sounds like, as things currently stand, the players in question for missing time off the roster that we have right now, and you heard the knock on wood, are Nick Needham, Tanner Conner, and obviously Jalen Ramsey with the... meniscus repair that he had so uh, all these other bumps as of right now sounds like they are just bumps let's keep them as bumps let's hope for another healthy practice today Uh, Jalen Phillips was a standout performer and and, um, it shouldn't really be a big surprise we obviously uh, have seen what he's capable of and he has reached a new level this year with as far as his readiness and performance and having a more ambiguous coverage shell behind him Uh, is going to lead to the sack numbers that I think we are all sure that he is capable of reaching. I think he's going to reach. So um, that's how yesterday went. I, I think you probably put it as a eight out of 10 team performance with kind of these two throws from Tua. And he explained both of them. We'll talk about that, that both of those throws next and what he said, in addition to some other stuff from his media availability, um, you like a lot of the things that you saw. You just got sloppy and, and got busted on on two bad throws uh, that are the throws that I'm fine living with now. But if they come in September, they're the kinds of throws that could cost you football. So let's get ready right, switch gears. Will you have to a, tongue of a low? He dropped a play call on us, and I'm sure you've seen that clip. If not, I got you covered here on Locked On Dolphins. You don't have to choose between hair growth and your health. Nutrafol is a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair with no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol, science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health either. So go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes for your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through total body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes, not the Uh, not the symptom. They're not going to treat the symptom. They're going to treat the cause. Be that stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, metabolism, you name it. And it works. In a clinical study, 84%, 84% guys showed improvement in their hair after six months of NutraFall's Men Hair Health Growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to slash men and enter promo code locked on NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. slash men, spelled N U T R A F O slash men, and enter promo code locked on NFL.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So we'll, we'll talk about Tua's explanation of the two interceptions that he threw. One to former teammate at Alabama, linebacker Christian Harris, and uh, Jalen Petrie. And instead, we're going to start with the play call. (laughs) And if you have not seen the play call dropped, Tua is asked by Kim Bocamper where he's at with the language of this offense uh, in year two versus year one. And Tua started to say, uh, for us in the quarterback room, there are some times where you just have to memorize the play where it's coming in and you're like saying it, while he's not even finishing it. And Kim says, you know, that's what I'm asking. From this year to last year, have you gotten to that point? Tua said, I would say yes, but no, it's a little tough. I can give you guys a play, and then if you want to repeat it after me, as if you guys are in the huddle, you guys can. Uh, Says it once. And the play is North, right, clamp, south, Fox, H, top, pass, 38, top, Gumby, XP, sweat. Welcome to Crash Course in Shanahan West Coast offense lingo. North right clamp, South Fox, H top pass, 38 top Gumby, XP sweat, play call. I know some of this. I don't know all of it. I don't have a Dolphins playbook from this year or last year, but I do have some old Shanahan resources and and installs. So North right is the formation. You can run this out of 12 or 11 personnel if you like. Uh, North right Clamp. Clamp is a reduced split for the Z receiver on the right side of the formation. South is a different formation than North. So I believe that's a shift. And Fox, I believe, tags the F player. So the second tight end um, as the player that would move from inside of the X receiver on the front side of the formation to outside as the outside receiver off the ball uh, to go from north to south. So I believe South Fox indicates a shift from the F to a different spot on the field to change the formation from north to south. But right and clamp is the Z receiver to the quarterback's right in a reduced split five yards outside the offensive tackle. Uh, Pass 38, I know that is their 38-39 play action pass series. So you're running sift, which is the running back is going to hypothetically in this situation flow right. The tight end who is going to be on the right side of the formation off the ball is going to split flow sift. He can look the block. He can run a route out into the flat. But P38 is their run action. So that tells the offensive line what to do gumby no clue don't have an idea what gumby concept is but i do know sweat uh at least in the shanahan system is a check versus middle of the field closed for a different play call that turns into your two receivers to the left you have a a must outside release go it converts to a comeback against cloud coverage and then the inside receiver the the receiver who's on the ball which would be the um the X receiver in this situation runs like a deep divide or a like a Y cross type of route and then the Z runs what's called a swirl route which is like a deep corner flag, but at 17 yards, you actually break it back and it turns into a curl. So it looks like a corner and then turns into a curl. So against certain coverage, you would check to sweat would be the check. So pretty fun. Uh, The two had dropped a a play call and, and some real insight into this offense and all of the things that they are responsible for. And obviously, um, That is a very, uh, situation specific type of call, which I think is the point that he was trying to make was, yeah, I can, I I'm familiar and you could hear in the way in which he said it to kind of the blocks of words that came out in bunches. You can kind of hear formation shift, any potential motion. Here's the core play. Here's the adjustment based on whatever the read is that would dictate us checking the play. Um, So the, and the the point is all of that lingo creates and bakes in answers for the offense to ensure that they have flexibility and options, which is a really nice adjustment versus what these prior to uh, offenses look like, which was, We're just going to RPO you to death and have the quarterback make a single binary read and try to make something happen. And if it's not there and the offense is blocking run, that's when you get free runners against Buffalo at home that bear down on you and and you break some ribs. So two is asked about um, kind of the experimentation and kind of the state of the offense. And I think this is important context for some of the practice reports the past week. Uh, you obviously want to fire on all cylinders, but you you can't optimize that when you're playing for keeps without taking advantage of when you're not playing for keeps and trying new things. So Tua was asked uh, about something that Teron Armstead mentioned, um, and I'll read the question, and then I'll, I'll read Tua's response, and I, I think it's a, a good finishing note uh, for Tua. Teron spoke to us not too long ago. He said, one of the things that sticks out when you watch the offense is you guys are really trying to get an operation in timing, which is interesting because last year the timing was good. When you look at this offense, do you think some of it is new pieces, the defense experimentation in year two? What do you attribute that to? And Tua said, I think we're trying to put a lot more stress on our guys in the back end with our motions and understanding what to do play-wise. There's a lot of things that we got going on this year that Mike's wanting to try for our guys and trying to see who does what best and try to go from there. That's really all it is. Operation is always going to be key for us getting into the huddle, get the play call, get out, so we can see everything, get our guys going and play. That part right there. There's a lot of things we have going on this year that Mike's wanting to try for our guys and trying to see who does what best and go from there. If the Dolphins' offense has a bad practice right now, that's where my head goes. You, they're they're trying new stuff. They've split Waddle and Hill into teams with different receivers. You got Robbie Chosen running these deep dig routes with jet motion that Tyreek ran last year. We're trying to figure out okay how how interchangeable can this can this be. And if that's the objective, if that's what you're trying to piece together, then we're making the most of our time while we can to know just how interchangeable this offense can be instead of just really figuring out what the guys are capable of, which is what Mike McDaniel did last year. Uh, So we had Teron Armstead speak as well, uh, and we're going to finish with that here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Teron said he's, uh, he's getting there. It was the first thing that, that popped to me. He, you know, I'm still getting ready. Was asked uh, where he would say he's at right now. Obviously, he started on the PUP, missed the first week of practices. Uh, was activated pretty light work as far as 11 on 11 stuff. Uh, Trum said, I don't feel like I'm fully ready yet for the regular season, but we don't have a game yet. Still working through that process, trying to get more reps, trying to get more game ready, trying to get my body feeling optimal, just good, just get it as good as possible to go out and play some ball. Uh, he was also asked uh, again about the operation of the offense. Uh, he said he liked today, and I think that kind of falls in line with what my observations were from the. Parts of practice that I could observe from afar, um, Taron said we've been we had been having some challenges and struggles. So, just the timing and the vibe of the offense trying to run the operation, uh, we haven't been able to do that the way we've grown accustomed to. Today felt normal, uh, felt more normal. Still had some hiccups, of course, but from an operation standpoint, it felt like our real offense. Um, I would agree. I, I'm really fascinated to see how the Dolphins come back from yesterday. Today, they kind of alluded to their process with Atlanta last week saying, you know, we came into the first day of practice uh, kind of blank slate. Just here's the things that we want to try. And then we go in and we we watch what the other team did and and try to adjust um, and see where you can um, win the battles. You lost on the first day and the second day for the next hypothetical 20 minutes of football, right? if you're 11 on 11 work uh, on one day of practice is equivalent to 20 minutes of game clock. Then day two would be another 20 minutes of game clock. And then if the the ones play for a quarter in the preseason game on Saturday, then you would have 60 minutes to look at the entire body of work, piece it all together and say, Hey, would we have won this? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then okay. You, you move on. And if the answer is no, then uh, you got to look yourself in the mirror and have a gut check and, and be better next week. And I think that of course is the, um, the goal of the entire season, and that's the challenge is to be incrementally better all the way throughout. If you watched hard knocks last year and listen to Dan Campbell, former Dolphins tight ends coach and interim head coach, Dan Campbell, that was one of his big messages to the team was, oh, you know, it's not where you're at in week one and you can't just be at the peak in week 18. It's, it's gotta be better all throughout the week. And for a team like Miami, that's what makes it exciting is if you're able to achieve that and avoid the lull that you had last year, the dolphins were incrementally better, incrementally better, incrementally better. They, they just happened to peak in week 11. Obviously injuries played a part in that. You'd like to think, uh, law of averages, you'll have guys banged up this year, but not everybody all at once. Um, so Teron was also asked about a couple of other guys that are competing for a starting job on this offensive line. Uh, Isaiah Wynn and Lester Cotton. Teron called them both ballers, said they can both play ball. Lester is extremely strong, a road grader, smart. Isaiah, athletic, strong hands. He's a finisher. He's tough. I'm pleased with both of those guys. Uh, that sound th- These guys both sound like they're in the running for a starting spot on this offensive line. I would be surprised if it's Lester Cotton. um, But the coaching staff really seems to like him. We'll see what uh, day two against Houston brings. That will be the one thing I'm looking for is I thought the Dolphins had modest runs, uh, a lot of four or five yard runs. And from what I could see of the practice from afar yesterday, um, Can we get a couple explosives going and who's on the field and what's the formula for that looking like? That's one of my big storylines. Also uh, protecting the football. If you're going to throw interceptions, be it because the ball hit a receiver in the hands and it popped up in the air. Those are the two things for me offensively. I'm looking for, for Miami better ball security, a little bit better decision-making. And and Tua did say that the, the first interception that he threw, which was to Christian Harris. uh, He tried to move him with his eyes and then come back to the other side of the field and throw that in rhythm and trust that it would be there. And Christian Harris told him after practice, well, you you did that to us so much last year that um, I just trusted my drop. So that that is a storyline I'll be interested to watch as well. And, and for Tua, there's just going to have to be that extra split second of um, either getting back to it quicker or taking an extra half tick to confirm that the window is open. And if it is zoned, like it's not a big deal, just hold and hit the second window. So those are all kinds of the things that, as this offense goes from year one to year two, and you get back into kind of their core concepts that were money plays for them last year, um, that extra, there will have to be an extra layer to that, either on the front end of it, when you get your eyes back quicker, or on the back end of it, to hold for the second throwing window. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day. Appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Fins up. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We will be back again tomorrow to talk about whatever happens on the practice field this morning between the Texans and the Dolphins.